from Los Angeles, California, it's Felice Navipod with special guest, Jimmy Pardo. And now, here's Tony Thaxton. Christmas only comes around once a year. Welcome to Feliz Navipod. My name is Tony Thaxton. With me as always is Rigby. Boom. Thank you guys for joining us once again. What is that? Turn that piano down. It's our first anniversary. Rigby. Did you arrange for these singers? Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. What a momentous occasion, Rigby. Happy anniversary to you. Our little show is one year old. This is episode 42. It's 52 weeks in a year. That means we took 10 weeks off, two and a half months. We're some slackers, Rigs. But thanks to all of you who've been listening for this past year. Uh, Seriously, I love doing this show. So, you know, thanks for giving me a reason to do it other than simply enjoying doing it. And let me just throw in a quick thank you to Justin Hertner, who did our artwork, and our announcer, JJ Serma. I don't thank them enough, and they are a very important part of the show. So thank you to those guys. Um, Also, you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know the music is a big part of this show. And uh, if you're not a regular listener to the show then you probably haven't heard this song. In honor of our first anniversary, let's go back to the first song we ever did on this show. Christmas time is coming, now it won't be long. This is clearly a Christmas song. It started with some sleigh bells, then I played some chords. Then I played some bells like this. Say some Christmas things Like reindeer, eggnog, Christmas cheer this year Now the song's a shuffle and it feels so right Rudolph with your nose so bright Dash your dancer, print your fix and come and Cupid down and blitz and guiding Santa sleigh So that's a little how-to on how to write a Christmas song. Give it a try, if you're a musician. If you're not a musician, 
Maybe take up an instrument. Learn how to play that instrument. Then try it. I mean, I don't know why you would really try writing a song if you can't play an instrument. I mean, you know, there's no hurt. There's, it doesn't matter if you try, you know, but it doesn't seem like it's going to go all that well unless you have the right attitude. Anyway, I'm getting carried away here. We're not going to focus too much on the past. I might, you know, sprinkle in a little something else from our, our past year since this is our one year anniversary. But, you know, we're going to focus on the future. And to help celebrate this being one year, we've got a very special guest with us today. Um, there's someone that I always wanted to do this show, and uh, we finally made it happen. And uh, Rigby, I've got some bad news for you. You're sitting this one out. I know, I know. But here's the deal. Our guest today is Jimmy Pardo, one of my favorites. And he was kind enough to do the show. But he's very allergic to animals. So I went to him, and it went a little something like this. Hey, Jimmy Pardo. Hello, Tony. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Is this me fake knocking on the door? Uh, well, we'll just we'll we'll own up to the fact that we're not at my house right now because you are deathly allergic to dogs. I and uh, cats. Uh, more dogs than cats, which is a rarity. Yeah, I am not happy with these headphones in any way, shape, or form. And uh, I'm going to talk about it because that's interesting <laughs> to the listener. Um, yes, I can't, and I think that's what's taken me so long to do your program. It's all right. Is the Thank fact you for that I can't. Uh, we had to figure out a time where my studio was available. I was available. You were available. And your dog, if I'm not mistaken, was put down today. It, that's true. You killed your it dog. It was a very unnecessary step, but I, I felt like, you know what? This is for Jimmy. Right. This is Jimmy's day. Even though we still did it here. Yeah. Well, you know, the dander's still in the house. It's true. But I'm glad that you made the move. Yeah, I'm actually allergic too, but I've just learned to deal with it. Is that true? Yeah. You know, I was that way with cats. With uh, my mom always had cats. We always we grew up with cats, mm-hmm. and so I grew uh, same deal. Uh, got used to it, but now if I go to my mom's house, Let me get a little closer to that mic. Sorry. Nope, please. If I move to my, th- this is why the headphones are. <laughs> God damn it! I hate sorry. myself. I hate We're myself. Off. No, it's my. It's all my fault. I put the dog down for this and. I'm this a failure. I am a failure. I, anyway, I can't go to my mom's because she has a cat, and I Isn't can't even the be worst there for a minute. You can't even go visit your family because of animals, because I deal with that same thing. Well, uh, I love it, and I hate it, because if somebody <laughs> has a dog and I don't really want to go... Yeah, it's an it's easy like, out. You know, I can't. Mm-hmm. Although, I'm taking shots now. I'm doing the shots. I, I did that as a kid. And? I, uh, it didn't... I don't know that it did anything for me. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I've been yeah. taking them for 56 years. <laughs> So you think they would have worked by now? Yeah, well, and you're only forty-one. So. That's right. I'm only forty-one. <laughs> he gets the joke. I'm an avid listener. You, you, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. You're, uh, you're one of my 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 dream guests Whoa. that I've been wanting for a long time. And I'm already mucking it up by uh, not speaking into the microphone properly. And uh, well, you're you're quickly sliding. Oh down. boy, that's hurtful. <laughs> that's all right. We'll get through it. We'll get through this. 
We'll get there. Well, that's very, thank you. That's very uh, high no, praise. thank you, and thank you for allowing me into your dojo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is my dojo, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Now, you and I first met at the UCB, right? We were both, uh, we were on the same panel of Doug Loves Movies. Yes. I remember that. Yes, that was, uh, that was a fun night. That Doug kind of let me kind of pick the guests that Who night. was the other guest? Uh, Ackerman. Scott Ackerman, me, you, mm-hmm. competing. One of those guys does not belong. Me. No, I would say me, because I don't have a beard. Neither does Scott. Currently. <laughs> He's had a beard. He, he had a beard at my wedding. All right. I was not there. I can't vouch no, for No, you were not there. That was 10 years ago. I didn't know you then. That's true. Know this. If it was tomorrow, you still wouldn't be there. <laughs> That's not an insult to you, right? But you know that. You wouldn't I, be invited to my wedding. Well, you know, I would think a guy that put down his dog for you would maybe maybe get invited. Ma- but. Listen, maybe is underlined about three times. Uh, possibly if you had a band and you put, uh, you put a little orchestra together, maybe I would hire you to play the music at the wedding. So I might get paid to come to your wedding. Isn't that the best this, way? This deal's getting better. Yeah, right? Yeah. Second ago, you weren't even invited. Now you're making money out of the deal. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Like it. I like it. My pleasure. Um, so you, you and I actually grew up not too far from each other. Wait, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Michigan. We, drew, we grew up, I grew up about two hours from Chicago. So you grew up in uh, New Buffalo, Michigan. No, I you- lived right on the state line, basically, of Michigan, Indiana. Wait a minute. Very so, close to South Bend. So, all right, hang on. Uh, Sturgis? Uh, my mom was from there, actually. One of my best friends, Steve Ayat. Oh, wait, I'm a liar. My mom's from White Pigeon. Don't care, then. <laughs> Steve Ayat is from Sturgis. Oh, I know Steve. I don't know Steve. Steve's one of the top five funniest men on the planet. Yeah? Yep. Fair enough. Amazingly funny. Is he a comedian? He is a comedian, yes, sir. Out of the Michigan area, and uh, he's great. He's great. Yeah. We, are you from Chicago proper? Or South from suburbs. The... Okay. Well, I grew up at 79th and Cicero, which is the city. And then, uh, like most uh, frightened white people, we just kept moving progressively <laughs> more south. Uh, then we went to uh, Hometown, which is uh, about 87th and Cicero. And then we moved to Oak Forest, which is uh, where I was at until I was in my 20s. Did you say Hometown? That's right. It's called Hometown. Hometown, Illinois. It's one mile by one mile. It's a tiny little town. That was built for, I want to say, the Korean War veterans. All right. They're all duplexes. And I think maybe, maybe 900 square feet each Uh home. Maybe. Might even be 600. They're really small houses. Yeah. Really, really small. Uh, Like my brother and I shared a bedroom. And it was basically like uh, width-wise would be two twin beds with a little walkway between them and then a dresser. That was how wide... The room was yeah. So uh, t- and then the the length of the twin would be a, l- a little walkway at the end of the twin uh, end of the bed and uh, the dresser against that wall. So maybe what's that ten feet by ten feet? If that, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. really small. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but hometown. That's where I grew up. Yes, sir. Yeah, I have not heard of hometown. Uh, yeah, we for as close as I was to Chicago, we didn't end up over there all that much. Where we're else going- would, you, would you go to Detroit? No. no, I don't think I ever went to Detroit until I started touring as a rock and roll band. As a rock man. and roll band, that's not a. I, I was in the music business. I know that's not the right <laughs> phrase. You would. Uh, so where would you go? The Mishawaka? Would you go to Mishawaka? Yeah, I mean that was that was where we went for anything. There was a huge like, mall in Mishawaka, right? University Park Mall. That's right. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, a little something about that, that was, area. Uh huh. That was yeah, because 
we lived in such a small town and it was right on that state line. So like I went to school in Michigan, but any if you did anything, we went into Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Is it near is Goshen near there as well? Yep. Mm-hmm. Used to go to the Hooks Drug Store over there all the time. In Goshen. Yep. Uh, a quick Goshen story. Oh, please. I was this doing is the first for the show. Standing up comedy at the uh, Holodome in Goshen, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And the aforementioned Steve Iatt mm-hmm. drove down to hang out with me. Before the, uh, because it's a holodome, before the show, uh, we played, uh, they had a indoor putting uh, uh, green or whatever. So we would bet money uh, uh, putting. And I, uh, I believe I probably still owe him $5,000 because he would <laughs> kick my ass because Steve went to golf school. He was a great golfer. And uh, I have a gambling problem. So I would try to win money putting and, and he would kick my ass. I may have thrown a club in the holodome. That's how bad I was doing. Then it was time to do the show. And I, we went to my room to get my, uh, so I could put my quote-unquote show clothes on, which uh, was an ill-fitting kind of a uh, salmon-colored polo okay. that was uh, more orangey than salmon, but it was uh, it, 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 it washed and dried poorly in that it may, it may have been wider than it was long. Okay. So, like, oh, yeah. he saw it on the hanger, and he goes, what's that? I go, short. I hate those. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have uh, several of those, and they're Horrible. the worst. You, yeah. you throw it away, mm-hmm. idiot. You and me. <laughs> so... He saw it on the hanger, Steve Iatt did, and he goes, uh, uh, he goes, he goes, he, he, you know, my nickname is The Shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, it's, it's stupid. Uh, and he goes, he goes, Shooter, what's this shirt? And I go, I go, that's my show shirt. That's my good luck shirt. I've never had a bad show in that shirt. He's like, oh, okay, because it looks awful. I go, I got to wear it. I got to wear it. I put it on. We go down to the showroom. I bomb a death, like, I, like one of the worst bombs in my career. And I walk off stage, and my buddy Steve, who couldn't even fake laugh anymore, that's how bad the show was going. And uh, like, and then I was bombing so badly, I couldn't even be funny to make him laugh. Like, it was just a, I got to get through this, that's how bad it is. And I walk off, and I'm just walking towards the back of the room, and I see Steve, and he goes, guess it's, I guess we get to throw away that shirt. <laughs> and it was, I couldn't even get it out, that's how funny, to this day, that's how, it's like a 22-year-old story. But it was like, I guess we get to throw away that shirt, and I did. We went up to the room, threw the shirt away, because it was like, it's no longer lucky. That's how bad it was. Yeah. That's why Goshen, who would have thought I'd have a Goshen, Indiana story for you? I, did, I didn't see it coming. You're welcome. My parents are going to love it. Uh, Mishawaka, Paw Paw, Michigan, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. I'm your guy. I like it. Elkhart? Anything about Elkhart? I got That's actually Elkhart. where I was born. Elkhart, Indiana, is famous for what? Aren't they famous for something? Uh... Do they have a famous? Is there a nothing is coming to mind? Is there a country club there? A famous country club in Elkhart? No. Seems like I should know this, maybe, but nothing is coming. Well, to if mind. nothing comes to mind, then I'm yeah. wrong. That's uh... or I'm just dumb. Well, that's always on the table. Yes. That's always an option. It's very likely. Uh, but I'm going to go with the fact that I'm wrong. I'll go All with right. that. I'll allow it. It's right off I-80, though, right, Elkhart? Yes. So I would uh, probably have driven. Saw a sign. Saw yeah, I mean, it's, it's right next to South Bend. Right. So, All right. Yeah. They're interchangeable, basically. Did you go to uh, Notre Dame then? Uh, I, I did not go there. I, I uh, you know, I, I saw the monkeys there. I saw Huey Lewis in the news there. In uh, what years are we talking about? The 80s? I saw the monkeys in 86 On when the... they did the 20th anniversary. Was that right before Pool It? 
That was before Pool. This was the then and now best then of and the now month. best of on Arista <laughs> Records. Yes, yeah. uh, that was then. This, this is, now. is now. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. So and was, you were talking. You were actually talking about this recently on your show, I think, because you started talking about them covering Kicks, right? Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, because there was that. That was then. This is now. Kicks. I think there was one other song. There was like one other new song. Right. But I, I can't pull that one at the moment. My God, we did just talk about this. What are the odds? Well, you brought it up, so it was, I guess the odds are pretty good. Uh, but I didn't bring it up for that re- as I was saying it. Yeah, yeah. But and then yeah. you saw Huey Lewis in the in news. Like 87, 88, probably. So that's the, uh, not not four. It not, was four. It was four. It was, mm-hmm. it was after sports, then four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it saw them, and John Fogarty happened to just be in town and joined them for the encore. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Isn't that, I like I saw John Fogarty. I saw him a couple times, and he's uh, he's great. Yeah, that's it. That's all I had on that. <laughs> he's great. He's a great live performer. Yeah, I think at the time I didn't fully appreciate what was happening. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew who he was, but I think I more knew him as the guy that did center field. Yeah, hey, you know, center field. Yeah. He um, I will say this. I went through a, a CCR phase as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I was done with John Fogarty. I found him to be a pretentious a-hole for reasons I don't understand because he doesn't put off that vibe at all. Uh-huh. Then we went to my wife and I went to a show at the Forum where it was some, I forget what the cause was, but it was Sheryl Crow, John Fogarty, uh, Billy Joel, the Eagles, and one other act. Speaking of pretentious assholes. No kidding. Jesus. <laughs> like, that's a, the Eagles and Billy Joel. Although Billy Joel just turns out not to be a pretentious prick anymore. No, I was, I was uh, strictly the, speaking. The Eagles. Eagles. You were talking Glenn Fry, Don Hen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and John Fogarty stole the night. Yeah. He stole the night. He was so great. Fortunate son. And then so it made me revisit his solo work and all of it. Even center field. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Then I saw him open up for John Cougar Mellencamp at the Hollywood Bowl. Also great. Yeah? When was that? 2000? 2002? All right. Something like that? Uh, Here's a question for you that I have asked other people. No one seems to give me a definite answer. Maybe you know, being a John Fogarty fan and a baseball fan. Which came first? The check, 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 check in center field and that they play at baseball games? Is, did they do that at baseball games because of that song? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that was happening prior. Was it? Because that's a typical... Let's go! Right? It's a, well, it's a little it's bit a, different. Well, it's a little... I don't know. <laughs> Ask him. All right. He's on next week. So. Oh, you got Fogarty next yeah. week? Well, oh, that's a good get. Yeah. That's a good get. Pretty excited. Put me in go. I hope he remembers that night I saw him with Huey. Oh, he's going to talk about it. <laughs> I would imagine the entire thing. He's, he's also going to have a Goshen story. <laughs> right? Yeah, they went to some I, shit town named I think, Goshen. I think he might. I think, like, his wife is from there or something. Really? Or, like, somewhere that's why there. he was there. Yeah, I think that's why he was there. And uh, who else did you see there in, uh, in South Bend? Uh, I believe I saw Alabama. I think that was may have been my first show ever. Really? Yeah. They had uh, good songs. Yeah. Right? I, I will take that era country music in a heartbeat over modern country music. You don't like modern country at all? No. Why don't you? Now, basically, it's just 70s singer-songwriter. So why do you not care for it's, what's happening today? It's so... Produced? Just, just like cheesy and like it seems like someone doing a parody of a country song to Boy, me. Boy, okay. Like they're like 
it's amazing how much pickup trucks and beer well, that, are about. And I am tired of the, uh, you know, uh, Nickelback kind of did a song too with like that photograph, whatever it was called. Uh-huh. Where like I'm just going to list a bunch of things, almost like that Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire, but mm-hmm. but stuff from the '80s. You know, they're like. You know, we had recess and, and lemonade and blah, blah, blah. There's way too many of that happening in modern day country. Yeah. Uh, who's the guy I'm trying to think of, though? That's, who's the biggest country? The, not Blake Shelton, but another uh, country artist, male. Wears a ball cap. Doesn't wear a... Hmm. Not, doesn't wear the standard issue. Yeah. What's his name? He's the biggest... I don't know. Uh, who's the one you said he's not? It's not Blake Shelton. Not Blake Shelton. Uh, Travis Tritt. <laughs> Here's a quarter. Call some. I boy, I, I I had a horrible breakup, Tony, in 1994, where I fell in love with that era country that we were speaking of. Uh-huh. Uh, where I loved Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt. Uh, I bought uh, all of his stuff. I bought. Uh, even Billy Ray Cyrus's. If you get past that novelty song, <laughs> good stuff. Do you remember their feud that they had? No. If I could cut you off real quick, just because they... Wait, wait, they, literally, you're telling me Travis Tritt, the two Travis, names I brought up... Yes. ...had a feud. <laughs> yeah. There's, I am kind of obsessed with a clip from the Grammys where they... I don't know what the backstory was. I don't know why this was happening, but they had a little thing. They were feuding with each other. And... Because I think Travis Tritt had, like, made a comment kind of, like, knocking Achy Breaky Heart. And then Achy Breaky Heart won the Grammy that year. And... Billy Ray Cyrus goes up and accepts the award, and he says something about, like, and to all you people who thought that Achy Breaky was a novelty song or whatever, he's, he, like, goes on for a bit, and then he just gets, like, visibly angry, smacks his hand on the point, and he goes, for, as, you know, again, for, for all the people that thought blah, 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 here's a quarter, call someone who cares, Ooh, and then storms off stage. Right at Travis. And, yeah. Travis is there with his finely trimmed beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I just a- would listen to the music in my car and cry <laughs> because I felt like I literally was the cliche. Somebody else understands what I'm going through, man. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to all of that. And uh, Sawyer Brown loved it, loved it all. Still, I still enjoy it. Yeah, but uh, not like I did in that uh, 18 months of my life. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of that stuff. Uh, even while I didn't necessarily enjoy it, even then, uh, my dad was in a cover band when I was growing up. And so they played a lot of like country songs and really? like, oldies and what stuff. What did your so dad play? He plays drums. Your dad also plays drums? Yeah. So that's kind of why I play. My dad plays drums. I heard, I, that's right. I heard you say that on I just the talked about it, I think, episode. for the yeah. recent episode, yeah, of my award-winning podcast, Never Not Funny. <laughs> um and he was in cover bands and then Hawaiian bands. Uh, he, he was yes. in uh, uh, Polynesian bands. Uh, but yeah, he would do uh, on Saturdays sometimes. My brother and I would, uh, you know, my parents were divorced. So my dad would pick us up and say, I have to go audition for a band. So we'll do that. Then we'll go about our day. And we would go. And the second my dad would walk in with two kids, he wasn't getting the gig. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because the guys were younger. Right. And, uh, or they might have been the same age as my dad because my dad had us. We, we, you know, my mom and dad were young when they had us. But what band wants their drummer bringing the two kids along to rehearsals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. None. So uh, my dad, uh, he, eventually he got gigs, but... Uh, yeah, so he didn't have a regular gig. He was, like, constantly doing different... Well, gigs. I think he wanted a regular one. He had a regular gig at... Uh, there was a a restaurant in Chicago called the Millionaire's Club mm-hmm. where you had to be a member 
of a restaurant, like like literally like you see in Mad Men, you know what I mean, like in these right. old days. And uh, my dad was in the house band there, uh, okay. playing drums. But uh, he had that that and the Hawaiian band were the were the regular band. But then like he would do other ones to you know make some extra cash. Nice, yeah, very nice. Uh, I was also gonna say something else that uh, I feel like I've heard you bring up before. Is going to shows in Merrillville, Merrillville, Indiana. Sure. Yeah. What was that place called? The Holiday Star Theater. Yes. Yeah. I, I saw the monkeys there as well. Wow, that's two <laughs> more monkey shows than I've been to. Make that three. I actually saw them in Merrillville twice. Wow. Hmm. Uh, I did a bit with Davy Jones on Conan uh, that didn't make air because he passed away in between us shooting it and airing. Yeah. So we had to pull crazy. it. Yeah. Uh, but he was a nice guy. He was uh, a pleasant man. Yeah. And he's tinier than me, and he was uh, in on the joke, and he loved it, and it was great, and it was a shame that we had to cut it because it was uh, it was really the funniest I was in that uh, in the uh, thing. It was a funny bit, which you can find online. The uh, Oh, it is online? Uh, uh, heavy Metal, uh, not Heavy Metal, uh, Metal Detector Mike. Uh, I went to a yes. uh, autograph show and um, pretended to be a character from Baywatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Metal Detector Mike. I have seen that. And yes. uh, but the, the, but Davy Jones is completely he's cut loose. It. Okay, uh, he was at the table next to me. Gotcha. And it was so loud in there that I kept on riffing with people that would come up and they would be, like they would say, "Well, I don't remember you." And well, they wouldn't because I was never on Baywatch. <laughs> and I would be like, "I go, yeah." And they were like, and they were like people would go, "Boy, for," and and like they weren't being rude. I mean that. It's a, it's its own nerd, you know. There, there's comedy nerds. There's uh, this is autograph collector nerd. Yeah, and so there, you know, there's a misfitness to it, uh-huh. and so they don't realize they're being rude. Like, boy, it's a, and I had the best table in the entire event. Uh, <laughs> just by uh, default, somebody canceled at the last minute, so they told the Conan people, "Hey, we can move your thing to the front table." So I was literally the table when you walk in. It was metal detector Mike. <laughs> and then right next to me was Davy Jones. So did people the pe- did the people running the thing? Did they know? Oh, that they were in on com- it. Okay. And they just said their their thing was just don't make fun of anybody, right? Which we weren't going to do anyway. The whole goal was to be the jokes on me. Yeah. Um, about how nobody would recognize me. Well, of course nobody would because you weren't real. <laughs> uh, and again, it was my idea. I pitched it, and luckily they went for it. And and Todd Levin br- made a brilliant bit out of it. But um, people would come up and they would say, "I don't remember you." And Wow, this is a pretty great location, considering that nobody knows who you are. And I was like, well, it's a good location to you, but I'm next to Davy Jones. We've been rivals for years. And I, go, I would, and I would go, isn't that right, Jones? And I would yell over to him, and it was so loud he couldn't hear me. So I go, look at him. He's ignoring me. This son of a bitch and I. I go, you're in that right, Jones? And, and then when he, w- when he would hear me, he would look over and go, what? But he would say what in such a way where it, you would literally like think he was he's responding yeah. to me. But he wasn't. He's just trying to hear me. And then eventually I went over to him and I go, I go look, the joke is that you and I are fighting. And uh, that's why the cameras are here. Uh, and he loved the idea. And we captured it. And it was great. Then, you know, uh, we pretended that we were going to go out in the parking lot and fight. And, uh, and then he died and ruined my comedy bit. That son of a bitch. How dare he? Dolan's would never do something That's like that. That's not something Mickey would do. He'd nope. sit back there solid as a rock behind the drum kit. <laughs> let's, let's not get crazy. <laughs> You're the fan, not me. He's got a, a ponytail in 2014. I've got red flags on that. Right? Doesn't he still have the little... I think he may. He also is starting to look like an actual monkey. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it... 
Look at it. Now, tell me I'm wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, and I'm not going to tell you you're right because it's insulting to the human race and also uh, to primates. Uh, did you prefer his songs over Davy Jones's songs? I think it just depends. I don't hmm. know that I necessarily had a, you know, depends it, on the song. Interesting. I think you found the show even. funny. Uh, to be fair, I have not seen it in quite some time. But at the time, you did, didn't you? Yeah, All loved right. it as a kid. Okay, it you know it came MTV started showing those reruns at like the perfect time for me. What? Wh- I don't know how old you are. I am thirty six. You're that much younger than me. You're yeah. five years younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, that. Uh, so I was like eight when. When they oh, when that twentieth yes, anniversary course. thing happened, well, that's what we were. You know, when they, when they would run them on reruns in Chicago, uh, I was probably between eight and fifteen, mm-hmm. and same deal. You know, thought they were hysterical, yeah. And then uh, turned sixteen and wanted to shoot my television. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that I've thought about. Like I've seen those DVD sets and be like, I should rewatch those, but I'm I'm a little scared too. I think revisiting those would hurt you. Yeah. I really do. I think, uh, you know, enjoy your memories. Yeah. Don't you think? Probably so. All right. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of those things. I, I do enjoy... There are some good songs, though. I think they have some good songs. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, they weren't responsible for most of them, but... The great Neil Diamond wrote a bunch of mm-hmm. them, correct? He did. Well, three. Least, I don't know. I know... I'm a believer is the only one I know of off the top of my head that he wrote. I thought he wrote three, but I could be you, wrong. You, you've been wrong before on this show. I've, been, I've never been on this show. Well, I've been today. wrong on this very show on the yeah, same episode. Was, yeah, the uh, Elkhart's famous for something. That was a guess. That can't, that's not <laughs> something I can be wrong about. You yourself said you were wrong. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, who else did you see in Merrillville? Uh Shanana. <laughs> that was either great or excruciating. What was it? Uh, I. Barely remember it. I was very young. The only thing, literally the only thing I remember, uh, I believe it was Screamin' Scotty. Was that the <laughs> name? He's the, is he the heavy guy? Uh, no. I don't know. I just know he was dressed like a caveman and had like a club and was running through the crowd. Why is this happening? And he, he hit my dad on the head. How'd your dad and take it? <laughs> knocked him out cold. Oh, but, wow. Uh, yeah. Really? He slugged him? Mm-hmm. Uh... uh did your dad love that, that happened? Was it great yeah. fun? Yeah, well, and, you know, me and my, my two older sisters were and so, like, it was hilarious to all right. of us because we're all kids, and, you know, the guy that we, one of the guys we came to see just hit our dad in the head. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. hilarious. That's literally the only thing I remember. Wow. Yeah. So, it's, I actually, I'm not sure, and my parents aren't sure. I don't know if I saw them first or Alabama first. I would, I, I would, I would talk to the family at the, uh, around the holidays and get the, the answer to that. I don't know what just happened to my face. <laughs> that was horrible. I, uh, let's say uh, I saw Corey Hart Ooh. in Maryville, Indiana. Sunglasses? Yeah, it was a nice show. Yeah, of course. It was a nighttime show. Right. <laughs> um, uh, John Waite a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meatloaf. Well, uh, I know the answer. What was John Waite's big hit? Missing You. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm missing you at all. Uh, Richard Marks. Mm. My mom went to see him at Notre Dame. My mom and my sister went to Boy, so he did Notre Dame and Miraville. That's uh, yeah. pulling from the same audience, you would think. Uh, could have been different tours. Could have been. This was uh, mid-80s. 
We saw I saw a lot of Chicago. Like Chicago would come there and do three nights, and I would go every night. Yeah, uh, to see uh, to see them on the Chicago nineteen tour. They were doing smaller venues on Chicago nineteen. Seventeen and eighteen, they were still doing the big arenas. And then nine, even though nineteen had Look Away, which was the number one hit, uh, they were doing smaller venues. But they would do three nights, uh-huh. and I would drag my poor girlfriend three nights uh, in a row to go see them. And uh, there you have it. Who else did I? But I so we, we used to. There was a comedy club in Maryville, which is where I started. It was my first open mic. Okay. At the same place, the Holiday Star Theater or the Holiday Star Resort. Mm-hmm. And so between shows, they would let us sit up at the balcony and watch whoever was there. Uh, so that's where I saw Ted Nugent for the first time. Got to enjoy his uh, pre-racist rants. Uh, Jeffrey Osborne, a uh, bunch of others. Jeffrey Osborne. Uh, Baby, stay with me tonight. Is he? Is he on We Are the World? Maybe. I feel like he's one of the like one of very maybe even the only guy in We Are the World that when I see him, I'm like, I'm not positive who that is. I think he might be. I yeah. think he might be. Yeah. Um, and I think that surprised a lot of people. But he was at, he was big. He was big in the mid '80s. Yeah. Jeffrey Osborne, uh, what they call a crossover artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Felice Navipod will be right back. Hey, do you like to buy things? Of course you do. We all do. You know where a great place to buy things is? Amazon.com. Wait, no. FelizNavipod.com. Go there. Go to the Amazon banner at the top of the page. And then just go shop on Amazon like you always would. And then a portion of what you purchase will go to support the show. We thank you. Now do it. And now, back to Feliz Navipod. Also, great that you're here because this this episode, when this comes out, this is actually going to be the first anniversary of Felice Navipod. You've only been doing this for a year? Been doing it for I a year. I feel like you've been asking me for a year. <sighs> I don't think it's been that long, but uh, it's been a while. And uh, so I figured we'd take the next, oh, I don't know, hour or so, and you could tell me all your favorite moments from the history of the show. Well, I enjoyed the first episode. Obviously, it was a little clunky. Yeah, you know, you were trying to find your footing a little bit. I mean, uh... Mm-hmm. I love when the dog gets involved. Oh. Right? It barks whenever somebody knocks. Rest in peace. What what was the dog's name? Rigby. That's right. right. In the arms of the angel, fly away from here, from this dark I don't want you to go home and Rigby's dead, because that would be uh, on me, and I don't want that responsibility. So let's stop saying the dog is dead. Right, fair enough. Um, I, I wouldn't like it very much either. So. Is it just you and Rigby at the house? No, my uh, my girlfriend Christina. You got a lady friend over there. Mm-hmm. And we also have a cat. 
I was forced into the cat. She had the cat already. Oh, what's the cat's name? Lucifer. Oh. He doesn't... He, he's not a part of the show. Why? Because he goes and hides? Mm, he's, he's actually very friendly for a cat. Doesn't care for your style of comedy? <laughs> Comedy's a strong word. Doesn't care for your style of conversation? <laughs> um, but anyways, we'll... Uh, so, as you know, we, we talk about Christmas a little bit on here. Okay. We haven't done that yet, but... No, we, we have not. We will. Uh, so, you know, you grew up in Chicago, as we said. Yes. And uh, how, was, was Christmas a big deal for you growing up? I mean, I feel like most kids it is. Nope. No? Nice having you. Nice, <laughs> nice being on. Nice talking to you. Uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. And it was Chicago in the 60s and 70s, and, you know, uh, I was getting a little too old for Christmas in the 80s. Not really, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but in the 70s... You know, it's it's when, you know, before it was pre-global warming, so it would snow. Uh-huh. You know, it would be it would be perfect. It would be it would never be freezing. It would be like 32 degrees with snow and you and it would snow on Christmas Eve and uh you'd wake up and the presents were under the it was like literally, you know, a, a Hallmark TV special yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, you grew up in the same area. Yep. Although you got lake effect snow too, right? So you would yeah. get uh do you miss that weather, though? I'll tell you this. We were watching something on television last night, and a commercial came on that uh, was already like a Christmas commercial. Yeah. And I did, and it was, uh, and there was snow in the commercial, and I kind of like just had a little bit of uh, a nostalgia for it. Yeah. I don't miss it. Right. I'm nostalgic for it. Where yeah. it's like, oh, I wish... That my son could appreciate that on Christmas morning. Yeah. But then when the reality of it sets in, you're like, oh, no. The next day, then there's just three-foot piles of brown snow. Oh, awful. Yeah. You know, or, you know, I used to work about 45 minutes from my house. But, I, you know, you'd have to wake up a half hour earlier to shovel your car out, wipe mm-hmm. your, you know, clear the, I mean, I mean, I, everything people have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, I was about to list it as if it was unique. It, it's not. Everybody deals with it, idiot. Um, no, I don't miss it. Yeah, me neither. But uh, yeah, I do miss it on Christmas morning. That that part yeah. was great. Yeah, I you know yeah, it literally just that though. Like if there was a way to just have it come down, and then and then, then it, that then that's it. It's just it doesn't even. Maybe it sticks a little bit, but you don't get the the piles of brown snow. Well, we but I liked as a kid. You liked when it stuck. You know what I mean? True. Uh, you'd you'd go out and you'd make uh, four you know f- snow forts. You'd make a little uh, you know you take your sled out and make little slides or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was uh, yeah. We lived on a hill too, so we oh, had sledding every day. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's I didn't really thought about it till right now. That's something kids out here don't get to appreciate at all. Snow days. Right. Well, they but uh, they maybe they have other things out here. Other, uh, my son is in second grade. They they seem to have a lot of days off. Really, more than I certainly did growing up. For like holidays, or you like they'll get I think canceled they're, for something. No, not not canceled. Yeah, that was you're right. That was uh, I was not clear. They just have these scheduled days off, like yeah. that aren't holidays. They're just you know days off. I don't know. What are you going to do? They also get two weeks off at Easter and... At Easter? Maybe three weeks off at Christmas. Like, the, like really? That's crazy. Yeah, agreed. Weird. I'm going to agree to agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, my parents got divorced when I was eight. This is going back to Christmas. hmm And so we would spend Christmas Eve with my mom's family and Christmas Day with my dad's family. So I got to kind of have Christmas almost three times. We'd have Christmas Eve where you got a present. Yeah. Then you had Christmas morning with the tree. 
Then we'd go to my grandmother's for Christmas. We'd go to my dad's, and then we'd go to my grandmother's. So it was, uh, you know, everywhere. Like, as a kid, it was like every stop I made, I was getting something. I was Santa Claus was there, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good stuff as a kid. It was great. Yeah. It was great, if you take away the sadness of divorce. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so is has it kind of uh, being being a dad now? Is that is it is it the like, it's the back. magic of Christmas and my back son is my my wife Danielle, who's a, a great funny lady and and comedy writer. Uh, this is her line. Our, we she watches the, my son watches the Rankin Bass Christmas specials as if they're documentaries. That's how into Christmas he is. He literally he believes. Everything about Christmas. Oh, that's great. Everything, and he's getting. He's seven now, so the the risk is: is this the Christmas? Right. He realizes it. Do we have one or two more in us? I will, and I bitch about this on my show. You know this. I do not understand the hipster parent that says, "I don't want to. I don't want to start. I don't want my child to begin life with a lie." Yeah. So we told him immediately: "There's no Santa Claus." Fuck you, man. <laughs> Then you're 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 depriving your child of this just joy. Yeah, Nothing it's the best. but joy. Yeah, and like that's like one of the biggest things when you're a kid. It's the greatest. Yeah, you believe it, and he believes it, and he he's already excited about Christmas and meeting, going to see Santa. He, now he knows that that's not really Santa Claus. He knows it's a helper, right. but he really believes that that man's going to tell Santa Claus what he wants. It and to see the excitement in his face as we get closer and closer. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the world. And I am going to hate the day that he says, Dad, I know there's no Santa Claus. It's going to yeah. break my heart. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, at least at least when, you know, more more uh, it's likely that when that happens, at least it's still going to be fun for a while. I think like, so. Like, you know, is it, he's still going to be excited. Because I remember when I found out, when I got the news, mm-hmm. uh, it was still. How'd you find out? I think I was older than I should have been, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think just uh, just about everyone else in school kind of was past it, and right. I just kind of eventually put it together. I don't think there was like a moment. It was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It just eventually I was like, okay, yeah. I think that, you know, I had, I had older stepbrothers, and I think you know, obviously they knew, mm-hmm. and at least one of them knew, and maybe he did a great job on keeping it quiet. But I think there were some whispers that it wasn't Santa wasn't real. Yeah. And I think I just wanted to I just denied it. I just yeah. pretended I didn't even hear it, you know. Uh but one Christmas, I don't know again, I think again, just like you, maybe a little too old. Yeah. But I you know, we I had a younger brother and a younger stepbrother, so we still Nope, I still believed it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any excuses. My mom and stepdad forgot to put the presents out. So that's how we found out. Oh, like shit. that Christmas we discovered when I think my mom had said, oh, shit, Ron, we forgot to put the presents out uh, and then went to the closet and opened the door and brought all the presents. Or maybe we had to go run and hide or something uh-huh. while they brought the presents out. And, I, you know, I, but that was the year they were like, oh, this isn't. And I, and I don't think we cried or anything. I think we just went, well, of course, there's not a real Santa Claus. Yeah. So to you parents out there who think your kids are going to be scarred by it, they won't be. <laughs> you. Fun, denying asshole. <laughs> I totally agree. I'm I'm not a parent, but I look forward to 
having that experience. It's the greatest. Yeah. It's the greatest. It really is. You know, and even you know, to a lesser extent, the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny. Uh, but he believes the Easter Bunny brings the, the, the eggs, and we hide uh-huh. him in the backyard. And uh, you know, you know, do you think he's going to bring me a present too? And it's it's great. Just this naivete and this innocence. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of when kids stop believing in Santa Claus, but still believe in the Easter Bunny. Who is that kid? <laughs> I believe my niece did that. Really? Yeah. Why would you believe the one that's crazier? I don't know. The mind of a child. The mind of a child. You know what's funny? My son made a, a great point this year about both the Easter Bunny and uh, the Tooth Fairy. Is And my wife, we, we both looked at each other like, we're adults that we didn't think that. Like... Th- to me, the Easter Bunny is the size of Santa Claus, mm-hmm. not the size of a bunny. Right. And the Tooth Fairy, because I know it's an adult doing it, is the size of an adult sneaking in. And my son pointed out one time, he's like, well, of course the Tooth Fairy could sneak in. It's a, to- a fairy's only could fit in your hand. It took me to my 40s to go, <laughs> yeah, that's how small a fairy is. Yeah, I never thought about that. Right? Yeah. And my wife, we looked at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> of course, that's a fairy, and we had to immediately like switch gears. Like, yes, of course, son. Yes, of course, very tiny fairy. Uh, but yeah, up until my like literally in my forties, thought no, the tooth fairy is a you know it's a normal sized person. Yeah, comes in, opens the door. None of it makes sense. Are you comfortable saying how much the tooth fairy hands out these days? Per, I want to see what inflation is per tooth. Days. Yeah, he gets a hundred dollars a tooth. Wow, no, a dollar. <laughs> Yeah, it's still a dollar. It's a dollar. I I think I got a quarter as a kid. Yeah, I. I but I, I'm much older than you. Just five years. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I want to say it was a dollar, but I really don't remember for sure. Maybe maybe my brother got some dollars as it went on. Yeah. Uh, but I know it was a quarter, and I was as excited as my son is to get the dollar. You know, I think if we get my son a quarter, he'd be excited. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things where then they hear at school that other kids are getting a dollar, so yeah. it's kind of like you know keeping up with the Joneses bullshit, right? Especially Whereas, around here, I'm sure that's probably. A, uh... I'm lucky that my son goes to a pretty cool school, but I still think there's that bullshit. Yeah, of you know, well, you know, Joshua. I don't. That's a there's a real Joshua. I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about Joshua. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Patrick gets a dollar, and then you know, Dad, why do I only get a quarter? Why does the tooth fairy not like me? You don't want to play that game. Yeah. So don't play that game. And by the way, what do you what do you got? Thirty teeth. So what is that? Thirty dollars? <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> right. I mean, it's exciting when you get anything as a kid, though. So yeah, right. like you said, you... a quarter would have worked. Yeah. But the other asshole parents whose kids' teeth fell out first mm-hmm. screw that all up for us. Sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Here's the Felice Navi Pod Classic. Do you like the melodies and harmonies of the Beach Boys, but wish they sung about something other than surfing? Do you like the lyrical styles of the Beastie Boys, but you just can't stand all that hip-hop rapidy rapping? Well, have we got the solution for you. Introducing the Beachy Boys. Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic, intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic, intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic, intergalactic. 
Intergalactic Planetary. That's right, the Beachy Boys. All of the classics are here, as never heard before. What's the matter? Surfer girl have too much talk of surfing? Too much girl talk? Well, try this on for size. I can't stand it. No, you planned it. Set it straight. This water gate. Telling you all. Now it's sabotage. never heard these songs done like this before. Are you sick of yelling about fighting for your right to party? Well, how about some delightful melodies while fighting for your right to party instead? You wake up late for school, man, you don't want to go. Well, you ask your mom, please, but she still says no. You miss two classes and no homework, but your teacher preaches class like you're some kind of jerk. You can only get this CD set by calling the 800 number on your screen. Call now. Operators aren't standing by. Classic Feliz Navidad. Well, Jimmy, something that we do. Yes. And I know you're a fan of games. You know, Oh, I do. I love games. We do a little thing called the Christmas Quiz. Mm-hmm. And it has a theme song. But its theme song also has a theme song. So here we go. And the real theme song. We're gonna find out how smart you is when you take the Christmas quiz. All right. Jimmy Pardo. Yes, sir. Uh, you're very vocal about your love of the band Chicago. Yes, sir. So I figured I would tailor a Christmas quiz for Jimmy Pardo based on Chicago and uh, the band. The band. But okay. specifically, about their Christmas album. Album or albums? Album. Oh, you only well, could... do you... Uh, well, let's just... We'll see where this goes. All right, here we go. Because maybe you know something I don't know. But there's, there's a little kink in this that... Uh... So here we go. Question number one. How many questions are there? There's going to be five questions. Love it. And go. you get multiple choice. Yay. Oh, I do? You do. Can I try to answer first? I would love if you did. Okay. Because I think... With your knowledge that I've heard, I don't even know you'll need these. I might not with the Christmas albums. Okay. But go ahead. Fair enough. All right. Question number one. Yes. Chicago released a Christmas album in 1998. What was the number? Oh, 25. All right. Figured you would know that. Question number two. Chicago 25, the Christmas album, was reissued by Rhino Records in 2003. Yes. Under what name? What's it going to be, Santa? I had a feeling this was going to happen. You're two for two. That was the same album with, I believe, four new tracks. I believe. You're getting ahead of us. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Question number three. Yes. Aside from the different title and cover, what what else was different about the reissue of the Christmas album? Four new tracks? (laughs) Well, let me give you some choices. Okay. It had six additional songs. Uh, the track listing was now in a new order, or it 
now featured an additional producer. I think all three of them are correct. You're on fire. Right? Yep, it, they are it, all correct. They, they resequenced it. Mm-hmm. There were six new songs. And I want to say Roy Bitten maybe joined in, as, or did he produce the first one too? Uh, he, Roy Bitten produced all of the songs on the original version. Okay. And Phil Ramone produced the six That's new right. songs. Okay. And by the way, the six new songs are great. Yeah. I actually find the first one to be a little too overproduced. And um, uh, the, new, the six new songs I thought were fantastic. Nice. So there's a little... Uh, Something for you? I can't. <laughs> I have not actually heard it, so. It's good. Yeah. It's good. The weird thing about Chicago is, you know, they released a big band album about a year before, you know, all that swing big band stuff came you know, into fashion. I've heard that record, yeah. And I think it's a little too polished and overproduced. I think Bruce Fairburn, Fairburn since passed away, but I can never say his name. Bruce Fairburn, Fairburn, Fairborn produced it. A little too glossy, a little too slick yeah. for me. Didn't there is? Am I thinking of the write up? Did they do a version of "In the Mood" on yeah, there that nah. gets like kind of funky? Whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the mood. Whoa, ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's a little too again too slick. And I felt the same way with the Christmas album. It's like instead of just doing a you know, I think they think they did a Chicago version of the big band or a Chicago version of Christmas. I think they overthought it. Yeah, and instead of just doing it with them, I think they over. What's the word when you? Not charts, but over. Not overproduced, over, overthought. But what's a music way on this? Over. I don't know what you're going for. Arranged. Okay, that's how simple a word I was looking for. I think they overarranged them. Right. Like like they do like uh, Robert Lamb does Feliz Navidad, which uh, he kind of does it you know Feliz Navidad like a very slow ver that that sounded too much like the original, <laughs> but it's like this slow kind of plotting version where I thought like that that you know because like Ho- Jose Feliciano does such a great up tempo version that like oh great Robert Lamb is doing Feliz Navidad that's gonna be like a you know a nice piano Feliz Navidad but it's so. Like they over, they, they like. Well, we can't do that. That's what they people they took would it a expect too us. Seriously, almost. Yeah. Thank you for putting it into one freaking sentence, as opposed <laughs> to the meandering bullshit I just did. Um, but but those those six new ones that Phil Ramone produced are are great. All right. <laughs> everybody okay? Is everybody all right? I think we're all right. You still got you still got two more. Two more. Get questions. Back on track here. And I've been accurate. You're three with, for three. With the help of the uh, the multiple choice on the last one. Yeah, but you know, everyone listening blown away right now. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yes. Uh, all right, number four. Mm-hmm. Who sang his first lead vocal? Lee Lockman. But it is not his, it's not his first. Is that not the name you have? Nope. <laughs> oh, you thinking of Keith Howland? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, Lee Lockman sang uh, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, and that ended up being uh, an odd. It was it was not supposed to be the single, but it was. And then they did it on the, at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and so that's why I thought it was going to be Lee Lochnane. But yes, Keith Howland, and I believe it's the uh, song "What's It Going to Be Santa," right? Uh, I think so. I do not have that in front of me, but I believe I believe it's actually right. a pretty decent song. Uh, I I had Lee Lochnane uh, as one of the three. No, but it, as a, it's, he's p- part of the trivia of the next question. Okay. Uh, so your final question. 
We'll give you like a half on that last one because you got there. Got there. I, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got it before the multiple choice. That's so, true. so that's a that's win. That's, that's still a win. I didn't ask if it was your final answer. That's true. So I'm four for four. All right. Go ahead. All right. We'll, we'll I'll check. I'll confer with the judges. Uh, all right. Last question. Yes, sir. How many original songs were on the Christmas album? One. One little candle. Correct. Thank you me. did it. Thank you very you much. You did it. And it was written by... By Lee Lucknane. Mm-hmm. And it's actually not a bad song. It's not a bad... And Lee's not their songwriter. You know, Lee is the... What does he do in the Plays band? trumpet. Okay. Uh, he sang a... I think he had... I think he sang a song on uh, Chicago 10 and 11. He had uh, a song on each that he sang and wrote. He co-wrote Call on Me on Chicago 7. I think... Maybe, maybe he sings Song of the Evergreens on Chicago 7 as well. Listen to the room. Uh, he's been in. The, has he been in the band the whole time? Oh, he's one of the right. Yeah, he's one of the okay. four uh, remaining uh, uh, original members. Uh, but yeah, all of a sudden he's like the guy that's kind of in charge of the band and moving them forward and keeping them moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he's kind of taken the uh, the leadership role over the last decade. Nice. Well, that was an impressive showing, Jimmy. Thank you. I had a feeling you'd pull it off. Thank you. And you did. And that was the Christmas quiz. We just found out how smart she was because you took the Christmas quiz. Yep. By the way, I could have done that quiz forever. <laughs> Great fun. Thank you. I, uh, I, you, didn't, you didn't disappoint. Yeah. I almost wish you were a little more challenging, but that's not you, on you. <laughs> you, uh, only uh, one other person ever got all the questions right, and it was, once again, because I tailored it for them, and it actually was not even Christmas-related. You know Jeff Tate? I do know Jeff Tate. Yeah, you know, the, he's obsessed with Cheers. The lead singer <laughs> of Queensryche. Uh, comedian Jeff Tate. Mm-hmm. He's obsessed with the show Cheer- Cheers. Yes. So we did a, a Cheers version, and he, he, once again, didn't even need the choices. He just... What do you so? What do you usually do? You just a generic uh, Christmas uh, questions? Yeah, it's normally like uh, a lot of times it's like Christmas weird Christmas traditions from other countries, or maybe a, like Christmas movie trivia. I almost feel like I cheated trivia. then. I almost feel like. Uh, well, here's the thing. Yes, it's getting harder and harder to come up with these. So what gotcha. I so about you have this. Chicago? I thought perfect. Uh, by the way, the third Christmas album is called "Oh Christmas Three. A so play. Oh, on, great. so you're kind of two as. The original and then the they, 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 right, yes right. they Chicago has figured out ways to repackage the same things over and over for the past fifteen years and give them new numbers right. and uh, so yes uh, what's going to be Santa is like Chicago th- twenty nine or something yeah and which is ridiculous because it's the same album with six new songs what number are they up to now thirty six wow and uh, it's a good album Chicago now Chicago thirty six how new is that. July of this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it's their first new one since uh, maybe 2006 when Chicago 30 came out. Could have been, yeah. They went from 30 to 36? Well, nope. In between there, they're probably, you know what? Oh, Christmas 3 probably is in there. Oh, okay. A live so album was gotcha. in there. And then more greatest hits, which they love to release, you know, mm-hmm. the 40th anniversary, the, the collection, which may or may not be the exact same albums. Yeah, but they yeah somehow that's included in the in the numbering. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do your uh, Chicago podcast? You've been possibly teasing. Ah, you know it all depends. The guy that I'm going to do it with 
Uh, he and I are both crazy busy at the moment. We both we are toying with the idea of if we have time of starting in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know who the audience is for it. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know if uh, non-Chicago fans would enjoy me being somewhat fun about Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I, I think don't think so. Chicago fans would appreciate me being somewhat fun <laughs> about Chicago. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I don't know who the audience is, but I think I'd like to try it. But I also think it might be a really boring, and I would blame myself for that. So I don't know if I maybe I'm up for the challenge. I don't know. I think you. I think you got it, and I think enough people will listen. Because I, you know, not to kiss your ass, but I I can't get enough of of never not fun. Oh Jesus, like, that's nice. I, liter- it's literally like I I look forward to Monday and, and Thursday now when these Thank you. new episodes come out and. Yeah, it's, it's but but the, but that's but we're bouncing all over the place. You know what I mean? There's no uh, like, and even when we there's not one topic. There's no one topic, and and specifically with Chicago, would be a different album every week. Yeah, and so like, and then track four is blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And then you know, so it's like, how do you make fun of that? How do you have fun with it? How do you not take it seriously? Yeah, I think it might be tough. So I don't know, and I would I wouldn't want to then like if I did it by myself. And after one episode went, oh, nobody wants to effing hear this, I would feel okay bailing on it. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to bring somebody else into it and then go, you know what? This isn't working. See you later. Uh-huh. And then that, then that guy's wasted his time. So yeah. I don't know where I'm at with this. And who is the, who's the other guy? I'm not comfortable announcing that well, yet. I, like, what is, what is, what's his deal? How about that? Like, is he, is he a comedian? Is he just like a super fan? He's a Chicago? super fan. Okay. He's a, a, a Chicago fan. He's a fan of mine. Right. And um, he's a great guy. A really great guy. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Well, I look forward to hopefully hearing Maybe. It. I don't know. And this is a... I'm not not a Chicago fan. Just They're, they're just kind of there for me. Yeah. Like, nothing against them. And who's your favorite band, in. then? Uh, you're not going to like this answer. Well, uh, I, I, I'm a big Fish? Ben Folds. <laughs> no. I do enjoy Ben Folds a lot. And I've heard you talk about him before, so I knew you weren't going to like that. I don't... Uh, Brick's a fine song. Right? And that's yeah, the that's the one you're like going to go. That's the hit. Nobody liked everybody like that one. Uh, in fairness to them, I discovered them, and they might be giants. And there's a third one all at the same time. Maybe a bare naked ladies, and they all just sounded novelty ish to me. And which is not fair to any of them. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge I think it, it might be fair to bear naked ladies. <laughs> I was being kind, but to the other two, it's not fair. Yeah. Um, but I think I was just oversaturated with them because I admit that for a while they're like I listened to those bands nonstop for like a, a summer. Yeah. When I first discovered them, my friend Mara uh, had their CD and it turned me onto it, and then I listened to them. Uh, they were nineteen. What was that? Nineteen. Uh, I was not with my wife yet. Who I met in ninety May of ninety eight, so it was maybe fall ninety seven. Yeah, I think that's about when I got into because it was the second record when I kind of I didn't hear them during the first record mm-hmm. ninety seven when the second one came out is when I got into them. That's when I was then. Boom. So that that sounds right. And then yeah, I over over listened. Yeah, yeah. I did too. But it, it like but in the the positive over listened where like I couldn't get enough. Well, at the time, me too. Yeah. It was like and especially you know I know you you rolled your eyes at Brick. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Isn't Brick the song about a kid getting made fun of in high school? No, it's about an abortion. Pardon? 
Then what's yep. the song about him getting made fun of or uh, maybe even beat up in high one school? One Angry Dwarf. That was and, it. Yeah. So I really, I, admittedly, I related to that song mm-hmm. because of all of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so, like, I wanted to love him so much. Yeah. And then, and I do like that song, and I did not know, I probably knew Brick was about an abortion, but at, uh, uh, maybe I didn't. <laughs> maybe I got to reinvestigate Ben <laughs> Yeah, Folds. when you, when you, uh, if you re-listen... And they go, oh yeah, that's. Did he get rid of the five? Is he no longer the Ben Folds five? Uh, they did, but they have just like everyone else gotten back together recently. Good for them. Yeah. You know who hasn't gotten back together? Hootie and the Blowfish. What's going? On? I feel bad for those guys. Well, you know, Jim Sony Sonefeld is uh, very busy these days. As is wait Mark Bryant and Dean Felder. Are they really? I, no, I have no idea. But for some reason, I I've never owned one of their albums. But I can tell you every band member's name. I don't know why I know this. Jim Sony Zonovel plays drums, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't tell you the other guys. Uh, Mark Bryant on guitar. Yes. Dean Felber on bass, and then Darius Rucker on mm-hmm. vocal and uh, uh, rhythm guitar. Correct. Correct. Um, they're good. They're good. The first album's terrific. A lot of great hooks. Cracked rear view. Right. Correct. Correct rear view. Yeah. And yes, overplayed. Uh. And so, kind of a joke. Yeah, name didn't help him with no. the hipsters at all. <laughs> no. Uh, second album, Fairweather Johnson, it has some great songs on it. The third that one name probably didn't help either. Didn't help at all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think the third one might just be called Hootie and the Blowfish again. Yeah, I really. And that's that. a great album. But by that point, nobody cared. Maybe even including them. <laughs> uh, but then he went on. Of course, Darius Records, a humongous in country. Yeah. So what is Jim Sonny Sonnenfeld doing? <laughs> I have no idea. Does he, what, do they sit by the phone? Hope, I mean, obviously, they made a ton of dough yeah. from those albums, uh, from the first album at least. Are, but are they waiting around just going, come on, Darius, why, why are we not your backup band, Darius? Why, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't what's know. the thought process? You're, you're from a band. What, why, is it not, why are they not his backup band? Do you think maybe they didn't want to be that? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they don't get along. They don't get along. I mean, it could be that simple. Uh, I... When did they actually stop? Because I have a memory of like probably 2006, 2007, where it was definitely like after their heyday, but it were, they were still going. And we had kind of just moved up in our world to we had moved to the tour bus instead of touring in the van. Yeah. And uh, our bus that we had gotten for a tour, they said that had just left. Hootie and the Blowfish, and we got the buzz right after. Oh, them. really? And uh, there was uh, mead in the fridge. I don't know what that is. It's I barely know what it is. It's alcohol, like a. It's basically like a concoction of different things, but it's like a, alcohol that you have to make. Ugh. And they like left some on the bus. That's well, why wouldn't that's, that be cleaned out before you get normally? The vehicle? It would be, but I think that was I don't know if that was like a novelty thing. Like, oh, this is yeah, leave the, the mead fish in is mead. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Did the uh, bus smell like uh, like pot? No. Interesting. No. There, now, there was nice and clean. And yeah, you, something being left in the bus was unusual. You on a tour bus. Uh, is there the rule of, uh, I heard it on, uh, the, uh, I think it was on the Osbournes, uh, no heat on the bus. Is that a phrase where you're not allowed to uh, go number two in the bathroom? Oh yeah. I've never heard that phrase, but that is, 
definitely true. That is a true statement. Yeah. So if you have to, Tony Thaxton, mm-hmm. and you know from my show, I don't like talking about bowel movements yes, at I all. Do. But if you have stomach troubles, mm-hmm. you then make the guy pull over. Yeah. And you deal with it in a public restroom. Yeah, because you know normally the bus just drives through the night, so you're you're sleeping through it. But if you were to have an emergency situation. You uh, need to ask the driver. Even at two thirty in the morning, you can't go into the bathroom and no. deal with this emergency. Here, here's here's what I will tell you. Uh, it was not me. I will not say who it was. Uh, it may have actually been more than one person. Uh, got into a predicament where it was unavoidable. Right, like it was gonna happen. And they had to get a trash bag, go into the bathroom and uh, use that trash bag because they just had no other choice. So let me ask you this because I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> and by the way, I'm on board with it. I love it. Another topic I don't like discussing is passing gas. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that was okay. Oh, yeah. So why well, is why is that okay? I mean, it's not okay. It's awful. <laughs> But why are you allowed to do that and stink up a bus, but you can't uh, do the because the other one stays forever? That odor sticks around. Yeah, because I mean, you gotta. Yeah, I mean, you know, at that point, you get rid of that bag as soon as humanly possible. Uh, but uh, yeah, because the 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 way the sewage or whatever on the bus works, like it's just not meant for really? solids. Okay, all right, yeah, and that uh, weirdly. I don't think this ever happened on our bus, but I know of so many other bands that had stories of uh, it would always be a girl that came on to the bus and ended up doing that. Like, just not knowing. They, they don't know the rule. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom before mm-hmm. you guys and they're trying gang to, rape you know. me. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Were you, and I apologize for not knowing this, you're on That's this right. tour bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you opening up for bigger bands, or were you the headliner? Uh, combination. Okay. Sometimes headlining, sometimes opening. Who'd you open for? Uh, over the years, we opened for bands like uh, the All American Rejects, mm-hmm. Fall Out Boy, oh. Blink One Eighty Two. Those would be like probably like the bigger bands. And how would that, that go for you guys? Like for a Blink One Eighty Two, you go on stage. Uh, I've been to you know a gazillion concerts in my life. Uh, it, if it's if I'm seeing Steven Stills open up for Chicago, I think that's great, and I get there and I watch him. If I'm seeing, uh, you know the uh, I can't you know the, the the desk chairs open up for Mister Mister, I'm probably not going to give a shit. What did what you guys experience? The desk chairs? They're very. I, I think they're terrific. Oh, is that I, actually I, a real band? No, of course not. <laughs> no, I was going along. You try. I know, and then I and then you were so convincing. Yes, I'm I, good. You're very good. So, how would it go for you guys? Would it, or was that also a mixed bag? Uh, no. Generally, it went really, really well. We were very lucky. Uh, I can honestly say I only have a recollection of one show ever that we were heckled at. Really, and it was in Italy. And it was actually on a Blink One Eighty Two tour. It was, and at this we were pretty. It was pretty early in the in the career, and uh, we were playing Bologna, Italy. Which, if you're going to go to Italy, not the place to go. It's not. No, it looks like Ohio, um, and it was just not a good experience. Like while we're playing, they're chanting Blink. Oh, and like I think we're literally booing us, 
And at one point, a guy in the crowd threw dough at our keyboard player. Can you be more stereotypical <laughs> exactly. than throwing dough in Italy? <laughs> yeah, it sounds made up, but that 100% wow. really happened. Yeah, so that that was that was really like the only. But time it's so funny. Like who cares, happened. right? It's one of those where it's like that's so ridiculous. It's be- it's better to have that story than have it not happen at all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think you know it wasn't fun at the time, of course, but, but you know you look back on it and laugh. Yeah, it was just everything about like the the promoter was kind of sketchy. I remember we like we we got paid and and like because like normally we'd stay till the very end of the show make sure we sold merch and all that and mm-hmm. but like that now we're like we got paid let's let's get the hell out yeah. of here yeah we're not gonna we sell like, anything yeah and we kind of felt scared because like apparently like one of the other bands like uh, there were like uh where you would walk out to the stage there was like a little like awning over that because apparently like it was very common for them to just spit on people jesus christ <laughs> yeah so we were like let's maybe just get out of here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Now is that band still in existence, and you're just not part of it, or did you guys break up? Uh, they are still going. I uh, I pretty much I left. It's almost been two years already, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, I had a bit of a kind of breakdown, and just was like, uh, it was. It's nothing ugly. We all still get along and everything. It just I felt like it was time for me to uh, to move on. Are you it, welcome back at any time? Uh, I mean. That hasn't been discussed. All right, and I, I don't really uh, want to go back to that. Very it, good. It was it was great. I have no regrets. I did it for eleven years. I went to nineteen different countries. Wow. I think and got to do so many things I never imagined I would have got to do. Uh, so I really I can't complain. And it just felt like that was that was good for me. Okay. Yeah. I never knew any of this. That's all right. I'm fascinated by we it. We don't know each other that well. We don't know each other at all. <laughs> you know everything about me, though. That's the... Yeah. Well, <sighs> I know I wasn't invited to your wedding, nor would I be if there were to be another. Unless you put a band together. Well, it's very possible. Yeah. Well, I'm not getting married again. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that for yeah, sure. <laughs> I do know that for sure. Unless my wife wises up and bails on me, <laughs> which she should be able to do at any given moment. Uh, well, Jimmy, thank you so much for letting me come to your dojo. I'm thrilled to have you here. I'm glad this finally happened. Me too. It was a huge thrill for me, so thank you. No, it's my honor. Um, but before we totally wrap Uh-oh, up... oh what do we got now? Got another solid hour or two. Uh, no, I, I wanted to let you uh, mention Pardcastathon. Pardcastathon, uh, November 28th, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, the 12-hour marathon version of my podcast, the award-winning Never Not Funny that came up earlier... Uh, we raise money for Smile Train, which is the great organization that goes to third world countries to fix cleft palates. Uh, each surgery costs two hundred fifty dollars, takes forty five minutes. So for basically for two hundred fifty bucks, you could change a child's life. Uh, we have raised close to a half a million dollars over the years for these guys, which is so crazy. And it is right. And then you know, last year alone, we raised one hundred forty four thousand, which was just this dumb little podcast raised this much money. Uh, and 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 change uh, that many ch- uh, kids' lives, um, and uh, uh, it goes from noon to midnight Pacific time, the day after Thanksgiving. A new guest on every twenty minutes to a half hour. Comics, musicians, actors, magicians, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, and uh, it's it's a great time. You were with us last year. Mm-hmm. You would come out every uh, hour for the uh, for the tote and play the uh, the timpani. Yeah. Did you play a timp? 
Uh, it was technically a floor tom, but, but it sounded yeah. as great as a timp, <laughs> and you would you would carry it out each time, and mm-hmm. it was hysterical each and every time, and uh, it, was, it was super fun to me. It, it was, was it was great to have you there. As, as as I've said, big fan of the show for a long time. Thank you. I think I I just threw that out to to Matt Belknap one day. I was like, hey, you guys always do the the timpani. May I offer my services? And you guys surprisingly took me up. Oh, I it, said so. yes the second that he said, hey, Tony Thaxton threw this idea out. Yes! <laughs> That's, of course. Why wouldn't we do that? Yeah, it was, it was very, very fun. Well, and, and uh, sneak a uh, little spoiler. You will be there again this year. All right, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if we were gonna we we're gonna break that or not. So sure, yes. And and people can watch it online again, right? Thank you. Yes, uh, you can watch it at nevernotfunny.com. dot com. Perfect. And donate money and blah 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 blah. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Thank you. I forgot to mention that part of it on the show. I just did so. Well, clearly, he's not a professional like me. <laughs> 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 uh, anything else you want to, to plug? Jimmy Rudy? Pardo dot uh, com at Jimmy Pardo is the Twitter. I wish you just left it at Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy Pardo, clear. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jimmy. My honor. Boy, oh boy, that was fun. Jimmy Pardo finally got him on the show for our first anniversary show. Oh boy, uh, that's gonna be it for this week. Uh, I'll give you a few plugs. Jimmy gave you some already, but he's on Twitter at Jimmy Pardo. I'm on Twitter at Tony Thaxton. Um, and a couple of uh, things for my sake, plug-wise. Uh, if you listened to last week's show, you heard Todd Cooper mention this, and it's now a reality. Me and Todd Cooper are big fans of the You Talking You Two to Me podcast, so we've started our podcast about that podcast. You Two Talking You Two to Me Too? Yes. That is now on iTunes. And uh, good luck searching that one out. It's a long, confusing title that has numbers in it. It's the letter U, spelled out to, talking, you two, the number two, me too, question mark, yes, period. Got it? Didn't think so. Rewind it, listen to it again. I'm not repeating it. But yeah, that really is real. Me and Todd Cooper doing that. Uh, also, my band, The Pride of Your EPA, just put out a new single called Betty Draper. And it's also got a B-side called The Queen Loves a Fool. Two songs on iTunes right now. Go to theprideofyourepa.com for more info there. If you don't find it on iTunes, it's also on Spotify and all those other places. Um, and then the usual. You know, subscribe to the show. Please give us a nice review. It's very helpful to us. Uh, Rigby and I would appreciate it. Also, policenavipod.com. There's a donate button on there if you like the show and want to throw us a few milk bones in uh, Rigby's case. I don't think PayPal uh, accepts milk bones. Anyways, that's going to do it for the plugs, other than to let you know Christmas is December 25th. Um, That's going to do it, you guys. Happy anniversary, Rigby. Happy anniversary, me. Thank you guys for listening. I've been Tony Thaxton. That's been Rigby. And as always, we wish you a Merry Christmas from Tony.